You're listening to the Cathedral Podcast. To learn more about Cathedral, like service times or how to get connected with a small group, visit wearecathedral.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Dave Ammons. Well, good morning, Cathedral. How's everybody doing? Y'all doing all right? Y'all have braved winter storm Jasper this morning? Did y'all know it was named? Y'all are braving winter storm Jasper. Like you have now lived through winter storm Jasper in 2022. Y'all enjoying it? Yeah. My, uh, my wife just leaned over and told me that my kids thought Elsa had uh, visited Charleston, and uh, this is what she does. Mimi, who they call Meg, okay, they call Meg Mimi, she brought the snow. She has fully convinced them that she brings the snow, and apparently they believe that Elsa now brings the ice because we did not get a snowstorm. But how pretty was it this morning? Like when you woke up and frost was over everything, y'all came onto this campus and the, 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 most, the prettiest thing I think I've seen during this whole thing, the crepe myrtles that we have over there by uh, Ashley Phosphate, how many branches there are, every single one of them were filled with ice crystals. I don't know if that was when you guys were coming into the 11 o'clock service, but it was unbelievable. But here we are, 2022, we got us winter storm Jasper right here beside us. And we're entering into week number three of a series that we have entitled Hit Play. Now, talking about uh, uh, just bad weather, bad storms, what I'm getting ready to talk about, this kind of a weather really makes this topic even worse. And, and some of you guys may have had these experiences. I don't know, if, but I'm pretty sure some of you guys have had some of these experiences. But you're driving down a busy road, right? Maybe Ashley Phosphate, Dorchester, take your pick here in Charleston, right? Driving down a bit. Now, now, real quick, one of the things that you got to understand about me is not everybody in my life holds this sentiment, but I personally feel like I'm a pretty efficient driver. I just feel like it's one of the things I do. Now, what that means is I feel like, you know, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to get from point A to point B the most efficient way, right? I'm not, I'm not going to lollygag, right? I'm going to pay attention to the lights, right? I'm not going to take a turn at 0.02 miles an hour, right? I'm going to get there. Like, I'm, I'm ready to get there, right? But have you ever been behind somebody, and it's like that's the only thing they got to do that entire day was drive that road? And I'm like looking at them like, let's, let's go, man. Let's go, right? And, y'all, I'm, I'm a pastor, right? I'm a pastor, but y'all got to pray for a brother sometimes. <laughs> y'all got to pray for a brother sometimes. You know, God really has blessed me with the ability to, to be a pastor. I never thought I'd be doing this. I, I take it as a, as a, a huge and extreme privilege, right? Um, but, and it really is. But y'all, sometimes when I'm driving, God, I'm barely a pastor. <laughs> like, I know I'm preaching to the choir. Y'all know how bad Charleston is, but y'all need to, y'all need to pray, right? But have you, you guys ever had this experience? Like, like, let's say you're turning on to Ashley Phosphate from Dorchester. Even worse, from Patriot to, to, to Ashley Phosphate. If anybody ever does that, you miss that light, you could be sitting there for 15 minutes, and you're locked in. You can't go anywhere. Like, it's just, you're just done. But it, it's, you're going through that whole thing, and, and if... Everybody does their job. You're sitting at a light, and if you're anything like me, I know how many cars are going to get through that green light, right? 
Like if everybody does their job, we're going to get through that light. And I know it's a big if, but if everybody can stop doing this and do a little bit more this, we're going to get through the light together, right? Now, this is those moments that if, 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 if I'm going to lunch with, say, Pastor Luke or Pastor Eddie, they like to remind me of, of, of these moments. And they say, you know what, Dave? It's good that you don't have a cathedral sticker on the back of your car. <laughs> and that's probably, probably true, right? But, but I know this happens to you guys, right? Like you're at a light, it turns green, and the person just doesn't go. Like it f- fires me up. Now, I know the, the polite thing to do, the polite thing to do is, is to give them one of these. Honk, honk. Just courteous, just a polite reminder, right? Now, that's not what I want to do. What I want to do, ha! Oh, they're moving. Okay, they got it. Yeah, 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 there you go. And this is where my wife gets really nervous, right? She's like, babe, what if they go to the church? I'm like, babe, no problem. One of my gifts is a teacher. I'm getting ready to teach them something right now. I'm going to teach them how to drive in Charleston, South Carolina. Let's go, right? But seriously, I know that's funny, but l- l- let me bring it home real quick for you. L- let me let you understand kind of where my thinking was this week, okay? Here's what I was thinking this week. Now, as a pastor, one of the, one of the things that if you know me, you know that I have an extreme heart for people. I love people. And, and I'm constantly thinking about your spiritual journey. How can I get more people closer to God? I love watching that light bulb go off in people's life. That, that is my heart. And, and, and my heart this year, you, you, you just need to know, you have to understand, honk, like, let's go. Like, I need you guys to hit play. But I'm not going to do that to you today. I'm not going to lay on the horn. Today, I'm going to give you Honk, honk. Just. It's, it's green. Like, light's green, right? Like, listen to me. The light's green. It's time to go. It's time for us to get going in our lives. And so if you'll let me today, what I want to kind of give you is just a slight little honk, honk. Like, let, let, let's get rolling. And I want to bring you a message that I'm titling today, Hurdles and Habits. Hurdles and and habits. We all have them in our life. And I want to start off, uh, I, I was reminded by somebody uh, came up to me during the 21 days of prayer and gave me this verse. And, and this week she reminded me of it. And I was like, oh yeah, let's go. That, that's going to be a part of the, the launch of today's service. And it comes to you out of Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. I'm going to give you the message version, the message translation of it. And here's what it says. It says, on the road, somebody asked if he could go along. They're talking to Jesus. So you have this guy like, man, let's go. I'm ready to go, right? New year, new me, 2022. Like, let's do this thing. And then he even threw this in. He throws in and says, hey, listen, I'll go with you wherever, right? I'm ready to go. And listen to what Jesus says. It says, Jesus was curt. Like, he didn't even give him the beep beep. Like, here we see Jesus just lay on the horn. Like, this is what he's, watch what he says. He says, listen, are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best ends. Like, this isn't the best journey. Like, people don't agree with this message that I'm going through. Life is not the easiest, right? We're not staying in these best ends. And Jesus said to another, 
follow me. And then he responded back and said, certainly. But, but first, will you just, see, you see, this person that we see here had the best of intentions. And I believe on in, in the inside, he truly felt like he probably had a legitimate excuse. He says, certainly, I want to follow you. But first, excuse me for a couple days, please. I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Now, I don't want you to get the image that this, this guy's dad just passed away and he's got to have a funeral. And Jesus is being insensitive here. No, no, no. This guy's going back and just saying, hey, I don't know how long my dad has. He could have decades. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back home. I'm going to attend and be the best son that I can. And when he passes away, then I'm going to come and join. Right? So that's the picture we have here. And he says this. He says, um, Jesus refused. He said, first things first. Your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. He's saying, come on, man, I have something that I want you to be a part of. And then another person said, as if he didn't even hear the first guy, he says, hey, listen, hey, I'm ready to follow you, master. Now, I'm not going to be gone for a long time, but would you please just excuse me while I get just a couple things straightened out at home? Like, man, I see you guys talk about the dream team. Looks like they're having so much fun, right? Hey, just give me just a, just a little bit. I just got to get some things in order. Got to get my kids acting right, right, right? Let me just get a couple. Man, I hear you guys talking about this 21 days. Man, it looks so much fun. See people's lives getting changed. I see the videos. Hey, next year, I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to get my life in order, right? I'm, I, I really want to be a part of this whole 21 days that you guys are talking about. It's always something that keeps us from the best version of ourself. That's what we're seeing here. Jesus said, that's not how you're supposed to be. No. No procrastination. No backward looks. You can't drive a car looking in the rearview mirror. You, the, the Bible tells us that you can't plow a field if you're looking backwards. And Jesus is telling us the same thing. He's saying, stop this. Stop this kind of lifestyle. Stop the excuses. No backward looks. You can't put the God's kingdom off until tomorrow. Seize the day. Beep, beep. Okay? This is what Jesus is doing. One of the things I want to encourage you with today is that the Bible has a lot to offer. And a lot of things to say about our lives around this idea of, of hurdles and habits. Another way to say this is, is kind of how the Bible puts it a lot would be the difference between the old and the new. That's the language that you see a lot. And so today what I want to do is I want to give you some of the hurdles that hold us back, that, that, that gets our life on pause from time to time, right? And then I want to end with giving you four habits that if we implement them into our lives, it's going to radically change you if you're willing to take the journey this year okay so three hurdles that we see really all throughout scripture but also in the story that i just read you the first one is this if you're taking notes i got some good ones for you today okay so get your pens ready the first hurdle that's in our life is this is the hurdle of our past the hurdle of our past and this is those things that you know as much as you try right Beginning of a new year comes, you're like, man, I am not going to bring this into my life. This was, this was 2021. I am not bringing this into 2022. This, this is the kind of stuff, this is the history of our life that just doesn't want to let go, right? Like, here, here's what you need to do. You need to go wherever in your head, wherever the button is in your head, and you need to press clear history. 
Okay? Because you don't need it on your hard drive anymore. Like what I'm talking about is the things that you feel like define you. Maybe it's the divorce that you went to. Maybe you messed up in your marriage and you just feel like it now defines you, right? Maybe it's the addictions that you kind of got over, but you feel like everybody's looking at you and, and saying, well, that's, the, that's just that guy that, that's just that guy that just struggled with that whole thing, right? May, may, what I'm talking about is that event. And you know the event that I'm talking about. It's the event in our life that we feel like defines who we are. And maybe you've been looking through that lens so long that it becomes the lens that you look through everything in life. It's these hurdles of our life. It's the hurdles of our past that will keep our life on pause. But I got good news for you because life does not have to be that way. Listen to what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43. Here's what it says. It says, forget what happened in the past and do not dwell on the events from long ago. For I have something new. I'm going to do something new. Well, that's great, Dave. That sounds real easy. But I got news for you. Life is a lot harder for me, Dave, right? But it, no, no, no. It can be that easy. Because God can give you the power. Now, sure, trying to do this on your own? Yeah, go ahead. It's going to be hard. You're going to get in trouble real quick. But you can forget the former because God comes along and says, hey, if you let me join you in on this journey, I'm going to do something new. In fact, verse 19 says this. It says, and it's already happening. And then it asks a question that I want to ask you here this morning. It says, hey, don't you recognize it? Beep, beep. Don't miss the light. It's already happening in your life. Don't you recognize it? I will clear a way in the desert. I will make rivers on dry land. You don't think your situation is going on? Don't you recognize it? I'm making a way in the desert. I'm making a way and giving rivers on dry land. You see, we got to clear this hurdle of the past. It doesn't define us. But with God's help, we, he can do something new on the inside of us. We've got to clear this hurdle. The second hurdle that we have in our life is this, is this hurdle of bad habits. Hurdle of bad habits. And I'm talking about the stuff in our life that just, it just seeps in, right? Like these are the things that are in our life that just really don't add any value, right? These are the bad habits, they're the addictions that just kind of happen throughout the year. I spend too much time doing this. They're just, they're the things that we're like, ah, oh, man, why am I still doing this? We, we just allow too much stuff in our lives, Right? I mean, for some of you, maybe it's just you're scrolling too much. Like you're filling every void in your life. Like going to the bathroom, I'm filling it up. I'm just scrolling the whole time while I'm there. I got a few minutes before my meeting, I'm scrolling the whole time. It's like I never can put the phone down, right? And we've gotten attached. Maybe we've gotten addicted to some really bad eating habits over the last little bit. Listen, maybe, maybe we've become too dependent on alcohol. Right? We've seen the rise in how much is being consumed these days. Maybe, we, maybe we're getting, whatever the vice is in your life, maybe it's the bad habit of like what Eddie talked about this past week where he tells us about, hey, we've got to make room. And maybe we, we don't ever make room for God in our life. Listen, I know it's, it's easier to do whatever you need to do to get the kids fed, to get them to bed, and then all you got to do is just sit on your couch and watch Netflix for the rest of the night. But then we end up with day after day after day where we never make room for God. It's these bad habits that we have in our life, right? We all have them, 
but it's time for us to get over them, okay? And one of the things that's so powerful about the 21 days, and you heard Meg talk about this, of praying and fasting, is the fasting part of this equation. Now, if you don't know what fasting is, no worries, because I'm going to give it to you in the simplest form possible. The simplest form that I have for you is this. And, and I don't want you to get religious because some people will, you know, oh, you got to do the fast this way. I read in Ecclesiastes this prayer, you got to do it this 100%. You got to follow all these rules. Lay all that stuff down, okay? It doesn't have to be just about food, okay? But here's what it is in its simplest form is that you're denying yourself something. You're denying yourself something. Let's just say um, that you're doing a food fast. Let's just say that you are, okay? So you're going to be denying yourself food. And you're not just denying yourself food just for the heck of it, okay? That's called a weight loss program. doesn't work for a lot of people, right? Okay? But here's the key part about fasting is you're denying yourself something, but you're also replacing it with time spent with God. I'm spending time with God in prayer. I'm spending time with God in worship and reading his word. And I'm talking about anything in your life that you say, you know what, I'm not going to let that control me anymore. Now listen to me, I'm all for some good food, right? Love me some good food, but food isn't going to control me. Now, since the holidays, I'll be the first to admit, it's owned me a couple meals. Been eating pretty good over the last little bit, right? But over the next few weeks, we got one more week in this whole thing, I'm changing my habits. In fact, some of the things I'm cutting out completely. Why? Not because I don't want it, right? I I would love to have it but it's not going to control my life. Now, it's okay to be in my life, but just not at the level that it is. Does that make sense? Everybody on board with me here? Okay. Some of you guys have that in your life as well. Now, some of you may need to lay your phones down. doesn't have to be food, you know, but you're separating yourselves. Maybe you're laying down social media. A lot of people are laying down social media. And here's the one thing that I get when people lay that down for the 21 days. I had no idea how much it controlled me. It's powerful when you, when you engage in these things. For some of you guys, you might need to lay down the news. I'm telling you, CNN and Fox News are going to be there in 21 days. Still spewing out nasty information, okay? They're going to be there. I promise you. But whatever it is in your life, it's, it's, it's powerful when you engage in things. And, and what you're doing when you do this is you're separating yourself from the world and you're plugging into the things of God. You're focusing on God. But you don't have to take my word. Listen to what Scripture says and the power of what it is to fast. This is Isaiah chapter 58. He says, is this not the fast that I have chosen? And listen, listen to the power. To loose the bonds of the wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. That's powerful, right? I want that operating in my life. And I want you to know that as a church, one of your pastors, this is one of the verses that I'm praying over your life. Every single morning when I'm here, I'm praying, God, will you loose the bonds of wickedness? Whatever it is that they're struggling, Lord, I want you to break that this year. Whatever heavy burden is on them, God, that's not of you. You say your burden is light and your yoke is easy. I'm praying this verse over you guys. I'm telling you, if you just engage in the 21 days, it's going to be a powerful time in your life. You say, well, David, you only got seven days left. You think God can move in seven days? Yes. Don't let it be an excuse. Get over the hurdle of bad habits. Engage with where God has for you. Especially when you're thinking around this this whole thing of the hurdle of bad habits. Man, I'm telling you, 
This praying in fat has so much meat to it, I promise you, your life will be changed forever. Third hurdle is the hurdle of hurts. The hurdle of hurts. Second Corinthians says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, got any believers in the house this morning? Yep, okay, good. This is talking about you. Therefore, if anybody is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I'm sure many of you guys out there, like myself, over the last few weeks have done some reflecting. And I'm sure you've done some reflection around some certain situations, some certain things that you've already found yourself in. You go, oh, man, Lord, ah, if I could just get a do-over on that situation right there. Man, I was trying to be the best husband. I was trying to be the best wife. Oh, I just kind of came back up. Man, I really need a do-over. Ah, I just wish I could get a, a second chance. But, but you can't, though, right? But this verse right here, listen to it. It's telling us, hey, you, you need to make a start fresh. Like, you, you, need to, you need to get a fresh start in this whole thing. Like, this is, you're going to have to forgive me. This is just the way my brain works. But if you're a millennial and you're raised in the early 2000s, it's like what T.I. and Justin Timberlake told us. The old me is dead and gone, okay? <laughs> Don't look it up. I probably, it's not a good song. Don't look it up, Okay. But the old me is dead and gone, and the new is here. And as believers, this, this right here, what I'm talking about, this is what we're marked by, right? God is bringing you back to the starting block. It's a brand new page today. When you woke up, it's a brand new page. That's what that word reconciled means in that verse, okay? Let him do what only he can do. Let him help you clear this, this hurdle uh, uh, once and for all. Beep, beep. Don't, 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 don't keep reading the same chapter. God wants you to turn the page. He's got a new chapter for you. He's bringing you back to the starting block. Stop looking in the rear view mirror. Look forward. Why? Because the new is here and he's trying to communicate it to us. Church, I don't want us to be refined by these hurdles. I don't want us to be defined at all by the hurdles of our life. Rather, I want us to be defined by the habits because the habits are the things that will help us get over all the hurdles in our life. We want to be defined by habits that are impact our life in a godly way. So what I want to do is I want to give you four habits that will help you achieve the best life possible. Now you hear that phrase a lot, right? But I do want to give you a pre-warning. This may not be the life that you're thinking of. I'm not giving you a, a quick rich Get quick, rich scheme, whatever that is, 18 principles to do this and that. And those are great. Okay, there's a lot of books out there that are way smarter than I am. But what I am going to give you is, is a life that the Bible says over and over again that if you take this journey, this is it. Like, this is the recipe that God put forth us in Scripture. Now, the great thing about this for me is this is not a motivational speech. I'm going to give you straight out of Scripture what this thing is. But there's power available to you and I for our life to be changed, to create the most powerful, most meaningful habits in our life. Now, don't get me wrong. 
There's a lot of amazing books on this topic. And I read a lot of them. I'm a junkie for them. But it's just not what you're going to get in the message today. Okay? In fact, let me give you some of my absolute favorites. Um, they're going to put them up on the screen for you. If you want to get some good books to read, here's, some of my, here's my top three. Okay? Uh, first one would be The Atomic Habits. Read it. It's a great book. Came out a couple years ago. In fact, what was interesting is, is last year, Atomic Habits got back on the bestseller. I think it was like the number two or number three bestseller. So you can tell that there's some people in our nation ready for some change, right? So it's a great book. You can pick it up. Another book that I, I absolutely love is called The Compounding Effect. Because if you're going to pick some habits in your life, why don't you pick some habits that are going to have a compounding effect in your life, meaning that they, have, they, they, they affect other areas in your life, okay? That one habit will have so many other good benefits. Now, interestingly enough, what we're talking about today is going to be the best habits that you can have that have the most compounding effect, okay? And the last guy that I read all the time, really you can pick up any one of his books, is anything by John Maxwell. My personal favorite, 21 Irrefutable Laws unbelievable. So take a picture of that, get some good reading going on this year. I promise you'll be better for it, okay? That's not what you're going to get today. But what I want to give you are the habits that we see all throughout Scripture repeatedly. But let me ask you this question. Have you ever experienced the gap, a gap between what you know and what you do? It's like I know a lot of these things, in my head, but it just, for some reason, it's, it, it's not coming out properly. Like, you don't see it in my physical life, right? Like, it's like all this new knowledge and all this information. Maybe you hear a great message on the weekend. You're going through it. I have all this information, but for some reason, it just doesn't transform myself into a new way of life. Why is that? I mean, did, did, you, did you forget something? Like, maybe you're missing just a little piece of the equation that if you can figure it out, right, everything will start working. Maybe it's because you're not thinking hard of that. that that's it. After all, Descartes told us, hey, uh, I think, therefore I am. Okay? What if we become so used to reading the Bible through this kind of a lens? If I can just learn more. If if I can just do better, if I can gain more knowledge, then surely all my life will just click and it'll work and I I can just do this, right? Well, that thinking, I think, is a little wrong. And I think through Paul's letter to the Philippians, we're going to find a different model. And there's a model out there that I think... Uh, that we need to attach ourselves to, and it'll allow us to get some insight into what might be going on in our life. This is, first, this is Philippians chapter 1. He says, this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to notice the order of Paul's prayer. You see, because a quick read through that prayer right there, and you could walk away saying Paul, just like Descartes, is more concerned about knowledge. Maybe it's that Paul is praying that people would deepen their knowledge so that they would know what to love, right? But I want you to look again at this verse, because I think he's actually saying the complete opposite. He prays that their love might abound 
more and more. And it's almost like because love is the prerequisite now to knowledge and understanding. If I just get this equation, let me say it this way. It's not that I know in order to love, but rather I love in order to know. You see, Paul is telling us that, hey, if we're going to try to figure out this thing called life, if you're going to try to figure out what is best, right? You're going to try to figure out what matters or what are the best habits to have in life. There is a certain starting place that you need to have. And the starting place is not what you think. Rather, the starting place is what do you love? Because you are what you love. You're going to put your focus and attention into what you love. You're going to do what you love. You're going to spend time on what you love. The actions of your life, whether you like it or not, speak volumes to what you love. Take an inventory of your life and what you spend time on, and you'll get a picture of what you actually do love. And I think it's time for us to make a change. Because I think there's four areas, there's four habits that we need to love. And we need to get intentional. We need to get purposeful about these four particular habits in our lives. Habit number one is this. Habit number one that we need to get in our lives, we, we got to form the habit of drawing closer to God. <laughs> Say, Dave, fantastic. I got this one done. I love Jesus. He's my man, right? Okay, that's great. But I need you to get closer, right? Like, I love God. Seriously, I love God with all of my heart. And, and I'm personally, I'm in a season where I, I really feel like he's more alive in my life than I've ever felt him before. But the time is right now for me to get even closer to God. Why? Because I know the more that I chase him, the more he's going to show up in my life. And this year, and I hope you see the evidence of this, okay? Because this year, I'm chasing and running after God more than I ever have in my entire life. Because I want to see every time I do it, he shows me another side of who he is. He gives me another thing of like, what, what's going to happen here in Charleston? Uh, more things of, of, of how this church is going to grow closer to God. And every single time he turns that page, I get excited as all get out. Thinking, man, I don't know how he's going to do it. Not sure why he chose me. Not good enough, not smart enough. But by God, if it's in your plan, I'll try my best to do it. I get excited for that. Because I know every single time I draw close to him, he's going to draw close to us. Listen, I'm not trying to be pushy. I'm not trying to be confrontational just for the heck of it. But I think you should do the same thing. You see, I still feel this thing on the inside of me of trying to fan the spiritual flame in our life. Beep, beep. The light's green. And I just feel like God is trying to communicate in me. I feel like he's trying to communicate through me that, that let's go. I don't want you to miss the light. The time is now for you to go. And I want you to notice how the Bible talks about this because when it talks about this process, I want you to notice who has the first step. I'll give you a hint. It's us. James chapter 4, verse 8, one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible, says this. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God, we see you do this thing where he's like, oh, okay, you're getting closer? All right, let's go. Let's go. Okay. 
And every single time we do it, we see him match this thing. And then he shows us this process of cleansing ourselves, getting the sin out of our life, purifying our hearts, you double-minded. Let me flip you over to the New Living Translation of this, uh, where it explains actually what that double-minded is, okay? Because I don't want you to get lost, because who wants to be considered double-minded, right? That's not something that you want to be called. And so New Living Translation does a great job because it, it gives the explanation instead of saying it there, Okay. But the New Living Translation says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And it's another thing that I love so much about these 21 days because we're establishing new habits in our life, right? My loyalty may have been divided. It's gone to some other things over this past year, right? But not for the next 21 days. That's what it's saying. St. Augustine, who was a 5th century uh, philosopher and theologian, had this quote. When I read it, it stopped me in my tracks. Here's what it said. It says, you have made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. This short quote stopped me in my tracks when I read this, because packed into this one line is wisdom that makes James 4.8 just explode. Puts a spotlight right on the thing. So let me give you a couple of things that I see just in that quote that I think will help this. The first thing that we see is that we're made by and for the creator of this universe. Or as one Greek philosopher or one Greek author puts it, hey, hey you want to see the glory of God? The glory of God is revealed in a certain way. And the way that is revealed is human beings being fully alive. When we're fully alive at our best, that's the image of the glory of God. And to be fully alive, living our best life, we need to find ourselves in a relationship with the man who made us, the God who made us. The second thing that I see that jumps out to us is when, when you think about this human life, right? Being a human me, me being Dave Ammons and you being who you are. Human life in itself is dynamic. It's not boring. No, it's not stagnant. It's not supposed to feel like your life is on pause. If you are, red flags need to go up in your mind. Say, okay, something, something's wrong. No, it's supposed to be dynamic. To, to be human is to be for something. That's how we're designed. We're created to be on the move. We're created to pursue something. We're created to go after something. In a sense, if you know anything about sharks, if you watch Shark Week, one of the things they'll tell you and talk to you about is that if, if sharks stop moving, they die. Not all of them, but there's a group of them that if they stop moving, they die. We have to keep moving to truly live. We either move or we end up spiritually dying, okay? We're made to draw near. We're made to move towards God in order to be fully alive. This is the very concept of why I think quarantine was so hard for so many people. They stopped moving and they started to die, started to waste away. They didn't have a purpose in their life anymore, okay? You see, I also thought it was interesting that St. Augustine didn't form this thought as an intellectual quest. You see, he, what he does not say is, you have made us to know you, and we're ignorant until we understand you. That's not what he says. You see, the thing that St. Augustine describes here is less like an intellectual curiosity and more like a hunger. More like a craving of something that you literally never get tired of. If you've been coming to the 21 Days of Prayer, there's a, uh, a guy who attends here. Uh, who brings donuts every single Wednesday morning. Those donuts 
have never looked so good in my life. Cutting out, right? Now, Jesse, I don't want you to stop bringing donuts because I'm not going to be doing this forever. And I'm going to devour some of them here real soon, right? But it's this, this hunger that gets created on the inside of us. It's kind of like what Psalms 42 says. It says, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you. Oh, God, my soul thirsts for you. Let me give you one more thought around this particular habit of drawing close. Because I saw James 4, 8 in another verse of the Bible, and I've never seen it before. Isn't it interesting that you can read something 12 times, but for some reason on the 13th time, it just pops off. It's just different. That's what happened in this verse when I read it. Okay? Here's some context. Jesus in this verse, he's, he's preparing to begin his three years of ministry. In the beginning, we see a lot of, of his birth. But then for 30 years, we don't really see a lot of activity, right? And then he gets ready to launch his ministry that ends up lasting for three years. But before he launches his ministry, we see him do a couple things. We see him get baptized, right? He goes off for a couple days and he does some praying and fasting. And then he comes back and he's got a message for everybody to hear. And here, here's the verse, Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. From that time on, Jesus began to preach metanoia. It's a Greek word meaning to change one's mind, to change one's purpose, to repent. And the scene here is that, that he looked at people launching his ministry and he says, hey, hey, you need to change your mind. Your, your thinking is a little messed up. It's a little, it's not going the way. I, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, I think this, this repent word has gotten a bad rap, right? Because for a lot of folks, they hear this word repent, and what most often is attached to it is repent, or you're going to hell, right? Or if you're real country, you add a syllable, and you say you're going to hail, right? <laughs> some good intended people, they just didn't explain it very well, okay? Let me give you some context, right? That word repent, metanoia, means simply this. I can do a 180 to change one's mind, right? And when we, when we take that first step, I want you to watch what happens. We literally take that one step. We change our direction. We change our mind and watch what happens next. He says, for the kingdom of heaven. Now, now this was the part that made me think differently. Watch this. Because here, here is the thought, okay? The problem with so many of us is that we're the king of our own kingdom. And some of you guys need a new king. Some of y'all have been the worst king in your own kingdom, right? And all you need to do is this. We change our minds. Listen, I'm not going to call the shots anymore, right? I'm going to get a new king. I'm going to get out of the kingdom of Dave Ammons, and I'm going to get into the kingdom of heaven. Here's the last thing that I saw. We repent. We get a new king operating in our life. And the last word, so powerful, James 4, 8, all of this of what Jesus was talking about, he steps onto the scene, everything that we just said, he said, every bit of this is near. He, he, he's saying, hey, it's not as far as you think, and it's not as hard as you thought it was. 
He's closer than you think he is. The light's green. Let's go. Let's go. Habit number two. Habit number two, we got to get in a habit of doing life with people. Doing life with people because I got news for you. You're not going to be able to do it alone and go where you want to go with just you. Okay, and I'm even willing to say that you're not even going to do it with just you and God because God didn't wire you that way. God designed us in a way that we are just better in relationships. Or the way that you hear us say it so often around here is we do life together. You do life with people. Now, the key word that you get from this habit is a very important word, accountability, right? You need someone with you taking the journey right alongside of you. We've talked about food a little bit today. One of my spiritual gifts is eating. I'm just really good at it. I think there's probably a few other people in the room that are really good at this, right? But I'm just really good at it. It's, it really honestly is a spiritual gift. But to keep this jacked up Spartan figure that I have, y'all did not have to laugh. It's okay. I'm not offended. I'm over that hurdle too. But I need accountability, right? Because I know that I'm never going to be able to get to where I need to go on my own. And for some of you, you're never going to be able to get to where you need to go if you're doing it by yourself. Now, we're going to talk a lot more about this next week, so I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I, but I want to leave you with this verse on this point. This is James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is a powerful and effective. Forgiveness comes from God, but healing comes from the confession of one to another in doing life together, in, in, in sharing that dream that you feel like God has put on your heart and sharing it with somebody else and them helping you stay accountable to it. In fact, there's a lot of truth to an old proverb that I heard once that says this, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Habit number three. Habit number three in our life that we got to have is we got to have the habit of refreshing our true purpose. You see, some of you guys have pursued a whole lot of passions, a whole lot of habits, and it's just still not working. You want to know why? That's not your true purpose. And we need to remind ourselves frequently what that is inside of each and every one of us. Galatians, to give you some insight, gives us that exact thing. It says this, if anyone thinks they are something when they're not, right? Like how many of you guys have tried to do something, but it is not you? It's not how you're wired, and no matter how hard you try, you're not going to be that person, right? And when you are, when you do that, if, if anybody thinks that there's something when they're not, all you're doing is deceiving yourself. It says they deceive themselves, and this is what you need to do when you find yourself in that position. Each one of you should test their own actions. What this literally means is you need to take a deep look on the inside, right, to see how God made you, to see who you really are really are. And when you do this kind of a process, then, Scripture says, then they can take pride in themselves alone. Now, this is the good kind of pride, right? This is the pride that you, you can stand on your own and be proud of who you are. 
and you can stop this comparison game that we do so often with others. Man, what an important thing to really understand that, that we can know ourselves so well that we can stand on our own. And when we do that, we're doing it without comparing ourselves to somebody else. And I'm going to leave that right there because some of you would just be so much better off this year if you went into this year knowing, I know who I am. I know who I am. Habit number four. Habit number four is this. We've got to make a habit of making a real difference. Habit of making a real Now, I, I could talk about this, or what I could do is I could show you how through somebody's journey of, of when you implement the habits that we talked about, how it radically changes your life. How, for some reason, things just start happening and it just, life begins to get better. You begin to live that best life that you have. You begin to get over, because these habits are happening in your life, the hurdles just aren't there anymore. Take a look at this story. Hey, I'm Guy. Uh, my family and I have been coming to Cathedral for 25 years. The guy that walked in that door 25 years ago is not the, the same man that, that's sitting here. Uh, 25 years ago, my marriage was on the rocks. I was not a good father. I was not a good employee. My life was just crashing down on top of me. Uh, at the time I was in uh, law enforcement, the, the stress of the job was just really taking a toll on me and my escape was alcohol. I used alcohol to, uh, to, to cope with the stresses of life and it just wasn't working. And my life was falling apart. My wife said that, uh, you know, that she had found a church, um, Cathedral of Praise, and that, that she wanted to go. She said, the children and I are going to church and you can go with us if you want, but we're going to church. Uh, she, she desperately needed a change. I wanted a change, but I didn't know how to make that happen. Everything that I tried to do, I tried to do in my own strength, and um, obviously it just wasn't working. But I, I didn't know what to do. So that first Sunday morning, 25 years ago, walked in the door with my wife and two children. And then as I sat there going through all that, um, the music started. And can't tell you what they sang, but there was something about the music that settled my spirit. There was something about the music that made me feel comfortable. Worship was over and we sat down and the pastor uh, began to talk. And his message was directly for me. I don't know why all these other people have come, but everything that he has to say is just for me. And, um, and that was day one. I, I didn't raise my hand that day. I don't even know if there was an altar call. Um, still scared to death. Um, still trying to process what I had just experienced, but something had happened. It must have been the next opportunity or the next Sunday that the simple act of faith and believing and, and raising my hand um, has forever changed my life. Um, God entered my heart that day and filled me with his presence. You know, I wish I could say that I walked out and 
everything in my life was immediately better, but it was not. Uh, but I felt without a shadow of a doubt that there was a God and that he was alive and that somehow he loved me enough to connect with me and um, be a part of my life. After I was saved, we got a phone call from uh, a member of the church and, and uh, I was home alone at the time and um, she asked if we'd be interested in joining the children's ministry. And like any good husband, I said, well, my wife's not home, so I can't answer that question. Uh, but if you could call back. Uh, so she called back and talked to Cindy. And in my mind, they've asked me to be part of a ministry. So again, in my mind, I think the children are gonna expect me to know everything. But the way the ministry was set up, I was there to love the kids, to support the kids. Uh, Pastor B and the leaders did all the teaching. In a way, it was a scary time, but I discovered really quickly um, what a place for someone like a child who doesn't know a thing about God, a thing about the Bible. I'm in the children's ministry where somebody like Pastor B.H. Rader is teaching children about the fundamentals, the basic, the the Bible stories, I'm learning at that same rate. I'm learning what they're learning. I would get in trouble with B because I would be sitting on the front row and he'd be teaching a story and, and he would ask a question and I'd be so excited, I'd jump up and answer the question, you know, before the first graders or, and, you know, they'd look at me kind of strange and, and B would say, now guy, you know, I know you're excited, but let's let the kids answer those questions. So it was just such a great place uh, for somebody who didn't know anything about God uh, to experience those stories. In the children's ministry as well, we had home groups and we had small groups that we took advantage of. We had leadership training and it was just, it was just a great place for us to be and a great place where we learn uh, so much about how to do life. And it was such a place that God connected us with other people doing ministry together. We did ministry together and we did life together. And they became the people that when hard times came, they were the people that came to our aid, that we reached out to, that we did life with. Um, you know, and, and God arranged all those things and, and it's just blessed our family. The first 10 years of my law enforcement career, the critical incidents, the, the violence, those things almost buried me. And after Christ, um, he gave me the strength. He gave me the ability to properly deal with, with those things in my life. I, because I had him, uh, I no longer needed alcohol. Uh, he was my stress reliever. He was my comforter. Uh, he was my help. And as I moved forward, and got to know him better. And he began to, I believe, favor me at work and move me in a position of more authority because I was aligning myself under his authority and operating under his authority. And he was doing a work in me um, so that I could now take those things that he had helped me overcome, that he had helped me recover from, that he had healed me from, and then I could help other people. And I still do that to this day. 
I don't, I don't have the promotions anymore. I, I'm retired, but I'm in a position to this day where I'm able to use those giftings that God gave me and help young first responders who to this day are dealing with the same types of stresses and, and things in their life. The enemy no doubt had a plan to destroy my life, to destroy our marriage, to destroy our children. God had a plan to favor us, to, to prosper us, to love us and care for us. And God has that plan for everyone else. video is he didn't know the points that I was having but he did the exact points here here we find a gentleman who is far from God and just like God is by the grace of God comes to a church he begins to draw close to God God meets him exactly where he is draws close to him radically changes his life. He didn't know that he was doing it, but he started the next step pretty immediately. Most people don't do it that fast, but he got involved in a ministry and started doing life with people. Started doing a group, started volunteering. And in that process, we see that he, he began to develop this purpose and this passion of a life that he never knew possible. And then when, what's awesome about see, you see, the thing that I love about this, y'all, this isn't a formula that we created. It's God's formula. It's written all throughout Scripture. Because he started doing that and started realizing, hey, you know what? If I just start implementing this into my everyday life, if I start implementing this into my relationships with my spouse, with my kids, with my coworkers, if, if I can implement, I can take this into work, did you, did you see how he began to even implement this in his work? And it said, and his work life just exploded. He'll never tell you this, but he had no promotions prior to Christ. But somehow he started handling it different. He started leaning on God instead of alcohol. God got into the equation, gave him the ability and the desires and the, and the leadership and all the things that you get when you understand this true purpose. Did you see how many badges he had? He's done a lot of things, and it's not because of him. It's because of what God did in his life. He said, Dave, I, I don't, I want this, but how in the world do you start a process like this? This kind of seems too much, too overwhelming. Guys, this is exactly why we, this is the model of our growth track. Hop in, go right down this hallway any weekend that you want. There is a team ready and willing that will walk you through all this in a four week process. And then you'll start doing that thing where you get together with people who you can share your dreams with and, and they can start to say, hey, hey, where are you on this? Hey, I've been praying for you about this. And your life just radically changes. But all of this hinges on one thing, a relationship with Christ. So I'm not gonna do a big, long, drawn out thing. I just simply just wanna ask everybody to bow your heads. If you're here this morning and you say, you know what? I'm tired of all this. And you say, this, this year's going to be different. I want to do exactly what you just said, but I, I don't have this first part of the equation. I don't have that relationship with Christ. If that's you here this morning, would you just simply raise your hand? Absolutely. Hands all over the place. This is for you. In the balcony, yep, I'll see you. In the back, yep, I got you. 
That's amazing. You can put your hands down. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single one of you. You're making such a massive decision. And if everybody in this entire room would join me in on our prayer, but when you say these words, everybody who said these words, including to every single person, if you're at home and you raised your hand, this is for you. You don't have to be just in this room. You can be in your car. You can be in your living room. You can be in your bedroom, still in your pajamas. This prayer is for you. I want you to say these words. Lord Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. Will you meet me in my struggle? I believe you died on a cross and you rose again. Lord, would you help me form the habits that I need in my life? Lord, I surrender my life to you. I say yes to you. This year will be different. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give everybody a hand real quick. Absolutely. Let me get that real quick. Let me end you with one point. Don't worry. Don't be scared. Nothing bad is going to happen. I promise. This is not that show where you smash a watermelon and everybody, whatever that thing is, right? I want to close with something. I'm going to close with an illustration that John Maxwell did a long time ago. It's called the Rule of the Five. Here's what it is. Rule of the Five says this. I got a tree in my backyard. I want to chop it down. I got an axe. Every day I go to that tree and I take five hits. Five times. Five times every single day I swing the axe. I put the axe down. Next day, I get up. Pick that axe up. Go to the same tree. Swing five times to that tree. Every day the same thing. Put it down. Get up. Pick the axe up. Same tree. Swing the axe five times. Let me ask you a question. If I do that every day consistently, what's going to happen to the tree? Eventually the tree is going to what? 100%. Now, if it's a big tree, it may take a couple years. Small tree, it may take a couple months, right? But the tree will fall. And the reason the tree falls is because I go to the same tree. I take an axe, I got the correct tool, and five times consistently, I swing that axe. Now, the rule of five says I need, if I have a dream or if I have a goal and I really focus on that and I got the right tool, in this case, it's the axe. Now, if I took a baseball bat, same result wouldn't happen. Got the right dream, got the wrong tool. I could work really hard. I could be really consistent, but the tree's never going to fall, right? See, the rule of five says I got to focus on the tree. But what so often happens sometimes is people will get up, pick up the axe, go in the backyard, go to the tree, five times. They'll put the axe down. They'll get up the next day, they'll pick up that same axe and they'll go to a different tree. Boom, hit that thing five times. They'll put the axe down. They'll get up the next day, get the same axe, hit a different tree, another tree, another tree. Every day they pick up a different tree and they never knock down the tree. But what they're left with is a bunch of scarred trees. You see, life doesn't have to be that way, church. 
This year can be different. We can get past the hurdles in our life. If we pick the right tool, if we pick the right habits in our life. You see, God has, an, has a process for us. He's got a process for us. We gotta pick the right habits in our life. And when we pick those habits in our life and combine that with the rule of five, combine it with just simply being consistent. You know what we're gonna have? 2020, 2022, it's a tough one. 2022 and every year thereafter is gonna be the best year of your life. Amen? Everybody stand up, let me bless you. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this amazing church. Father, I just, I, I, Lord, would you keep them? Lord, would you bless them with the reality that if we just dive in with you, that you'll take us to heights we've never thought impossible because that's the kind of God you are. You're an immeasurably more God. So I bless you with that awareness as you go into 2022 in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Go enjoy winter storm, Jasper. Be safe. You've been listening to the Cathedral Podcast. If you were encouraged by today's message, leave us a rating and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any questions about today's message or just want to reach out, send an email to questions at cathedralemail.com. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Have a blessed week.